Would you open your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 6? I have been looking forward to this message today and sharing some of the things that I have learned as I have been studying the Bible, but also stuff that I have learned. And um, I, I tell you, Diana was getting so tired of me this week because, oh man, you wouldn't believe what I just read that I'm going to teach on Sunday, you know, and she's like, you scared me. Even, even at, at our uh, elders and deacons meeting uh, that we had earlier this week, I, I just wanted to bubble over and share it all, and I had to say, I, I can't tell you, but man, don't miss Sunday. Don't miss Sunday. We're going to talk about the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. And it's one of the most aggressive weapons that God has given to the body of Christ. The sword of the Spirit. And here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 16, or chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. We talked about that last week. With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. By the way, uh, I was really pleased to hear the, how many times people walked up to me and said, I'm soaking my shield. I'm soaking my shield. Soak in my shield. And, and, and if you don't know what that means, listen to the message or watch it uh, on YouTube from last week. Shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation. Dwayne taught on that a couple of weeks ago. Excellent. Guarding your mind because that is how Satan loves to attack us is through our mind. He plays mind games with us. And the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. If I were to ask you, what's the first spiritual battle in the history of the world on earth? First spiritual battle. History of the world on earth. What, what would that pull up for you? Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3. And, and it's interesting because, and, and hang in there with me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move somewhere, but I've got to set up this foundation, okay? So in this first spiritual battle, God said, don't do this, but you can do this, right? He's, he lays that out. Then Satan comes along, and his first question is about what God has said. Did God really say? So the first war is over the Word of God. He's questioning, he's, he's causing Adam and Eve to question the Word of God. Did God really say? And as long as Adam and Eve hold the truth of the Word of God in their hands, they've heard it, they know the Word, they know what God has spoken, as long as they hold that in their hand, they've got a weapon to fight against Satan and demons and lies. Satan comes, and he tries to take that sword, that word, from them, take it out of their hands. And what happens? They lay it down. They lay it down to the line. 
in a, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, in a battle, if the opposing side lays down their weapons, they call that something, don't they? Surrender. Yeah, surrender. Let me tell you, you can stop reading your Bible, Christian. That's surrender. You can stop studying your Bible. That's surrender. You can stop memorizing your Bible. That's surrender. You can stop going to church where the Bible is being preached. That's surrender. Some of you have seen that happen, haven't you? In your own life, maybe, or in the lives of someone who you know. You've seen them gradually slip away because they're surrendering to the lie. Life gets hard. So you put down your Bible and you stop going to church and all of a sudden, it's funny, all of a sudden, when you stop reading your Bible and you stop going to church, Jeff, all those complications go away. Ever notice that? They all go away. That's because you're no longer a threat. You've dropped your sword. Every time you pick up the Bible to read it, Every time you go to a study group to study the Bible together, every time you go to an IF conference, women's conference, every time you download a, a podcast and listen to it on the way to work so you can learn about God's Word, do you know what that means? We are declaring war on Satan and the kingdom of darkness and lies. And we live in a culture where it's not acceptable to talk about what God says, don't we? Let's get away from the word repentance. That's, that's such an awkward word. It's such a judgmental word. And let's, let's get away from calling people from their sin to a, to a savior. Well, that's, that's just accusatory, you know. Let's just ignore the Bible. We don't need good news. We just need good deeds. Let's do good deeds instead. No. We need the Word. We need God's Word. So, how is God's Word like a sword that is empowered by the Holy Spirit? Because that's what it says, the sword of See, you're, you're learning my gestures. The sword of the Spirit, which is, yeah, the Word of God. So, so how, how is the Word of God like a sword empowered by the Spirit? Well, there's two types of sword that were used in battle by the Romans. One was what was called a broadsword. Ever heard of a broadsword? A broadsword. It was as big as a two-by-four. That's why I brought this. As big as a two-by-four. It was heavy. Yeah. <laughs> feel like I'm playing for the Chicago Cubs. Some of them couldn't hit a ball with a bat this big. No. Broadsword. It was, it was about this size, the size of a two-by-four and about this tall. And, and that, 
went sharpened, I mean, that would do a lot of damage. So, so that was one. And, and you'd swing it with all your might. You had to. And it was a very powerful weapon. But there was a smaller sword, about 18 to 24 inches long, extremely heavy, very simple, more like a dagger, really, that they carried. It was very sharp, and it was built to be destructive. A sword is a weapon to kill. And so they had that shorter sword, and they would run that right through somebody. That, that was the intention of that sword, to go right through someone. That's the sword that's talked about here. It's not the broad sword. It's this sword, the shorter sword, this, this destructive sword that is talked about here in this passage. Here God's Word tells us we've been given a weapon that is just as brutal as the sword of a Roman soldier. It's to be used against an evil enemy that is out to destroy us and our relationship with God and with each other. He wants that destroyed. He doesn't want unity in the church. He wants disunity in the church. He doesn't want unity in your marriage. He doesn't want love in your marriage. No. He wants to separate you as much as he can. He doesn't want you growing in your relationship with God and in worship. No. He wants that destroyed. But God has given us a weapon. It's called the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. The Word, the Bible is a powerful weapon. Follow what God tells us in the Word. And I want you to look here at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. You can turn there if you'd like. I think it's in your insert as well. Here's what it says. For the Word of God, okay, we're talking about the Word of God, right? It's alive and powerful. I just said how powerful that Roman soldier's sword was. Word of God's alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It's sharper than the, than the two-edged sword, and that's the sword that the Romans had, this, this two-edged sword. In Revelation, we see Jesus comes with a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. He also says to one of the churches, I'm the one that carries the, the two-edged sword. So, so what is this, this two-edged sword? Well, the word double-edged or, or two-edged sword is the Greek word distomos. D, which means two, and stomos is the word for mouth. You put those two words together, and you have the Word of God <clears throat> is sharper than any two-mouthed sword. Now, why would God's Word be called a two-mouthed sword? Well, listen to this. When God speaks His Word, it's, it's powerful. 2 Timothy chapter 3 tells us that the Word of God is, is God-breathed, all right? It's God-breathed. It's, it's very powerful. It cuts 
the scripture says, right to our attitudes and thoughts. And God's word reaches right into our spirit. God breathes it. He speaks it. And that's the first mouth. That's one side of that double-edged sword. God's words are powerful enough that, that when he spoke his word, the earth was created. God's words are powerful enough to calm storms on a tossed sea, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to forgive sins. God's words are powerful enough to restore broken lives. Amen? But that's just one edge or one mouth of God's word. This is a double-mouthed sword. What does that mean? God's word has the power to be like a two-mouthed sword in our lives. And when we drop God's word in our spirit, okay, when we read it, we drop it into our spirit, and then we meditate on it, and we memorize it, we get that word coming into us until one day it rises out of our spirit, proceeds out of a second mouth. Our mouths. When we speak God's word to our situations, when we speak God's word to our lives and in our and the situations we find ourselves in, when we speak God's word to our weaknesses, then it travels through the second mouth or the second edge of that blade. God's word, when it lays on a page, is full of potential. Full of potential. But when we activate it by speaking it, it is extremely powerful. Amen? Extremely powerful. When the word of God is taken into the spirit of a believer and then spoken and it's activated, it's alive in us and God's word made alive by the Holy Spirit has the power to kill the attacks of Satan in our lives. You see how important God's word is? That's why Dwayne and and I and Pastor Liz, we've all been talking about that as we go through here. The Word of God, the Word of God. You're going, yeah, yeah, the Word of God. I know, the Word of God, the Bible. I should be reading my Bible. Yeah, you should. Because it's powerful. These are not just words written on a page. They are powerful words that are waiting to be activated by the Holy Spirit in our lives. They are like a sword against temptation when you speak them. They're like a sword against addictions when you speak them. They are like a sword against depression when you speak them. They are like a sword against discouragement when you speak them. They are like a sword against the advancement of the evil one in our lives when we speak. How does that work, Pastor Tom? Thanks, Stephanie. Good, good question. Let me give you a biblical example. Jesus used the Word of God. Can't get a better example than that, right? Jesus used the Word of God. As he faced the temptations of Satan in the desert, 
in the process, he showed us how to use the word of God as a weapon against evil and Satan's purposes in our lives. With the Holy Spirit empowering him and the word of God on his lips, Jesus defeated Satan. He's in the wilderness. He's been there for 40 days, and he's not eaten. And, and the Bible tells us in verse 2 that after these 40 days, he was hungry. How many of you would be hungry after 40 days? Yeah. How many of you are hungry right now? Yeah. Imagine 40 days. He's hungry. He's Jesus, but he's hungry. He's, he's human, right? He's God, but he's, he's in human flesh, so he's, he's hungry. And Satan comes to him, and this is what happened. happens. Luke chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The devil said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered and said, What does it say? It is written. It is written. Man does not live by bread alone. He quotes the word. He says, it's written. Here it is. It's written. Notice that Jesus uses the word of God. He says, it's, it's written here. And the devil then leads him up on a high place, showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world, and then the devil says this to him. If you worship me, it will all be yours, all this that you see. And Jesus answered and said, what? It is written, worship the Lord your God, serve him only. He's quoting the word of God. He's saying, he's speaking, he's quoting. The devil tries this one more time to tempt Jesus in verse 9. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here for... But who's saying it this time? devil's saying at this time. Satan's not afraid of the word. The devil comes to Jesus with the Bible and says, it's written. So the devil sees that Jesus is using Scripture, so he decides, I'm going to use Scripture against Jesus. Have you ever seen that before? Jesus responds, it is said, and he corrects Satan's misinterpretation of Scripture. Jesus needed to know the Word of God, or he could have fallen for that. Most of us would have. All of us would have. And you need to know that the devil can quote the Word of God better than most believers. He can teach you the Bible the way that he wants you to know it. And then he'll give you seminary professors to prove it. Haven't we seen that? We've seen that in action. That's why <clears throat> you need to get the Word of God down in you so that you can compare Scripture against Scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to reveal the truth to you. When Satan tempts you, you can make him leave. Use the two-mouthed sword, the spoken word of God, <clears throat> and you can speak the word of God then right back to him, inspired by the Holy Spirit in that moment. Has that ever happened to you? 
where you're in a situation, you don't know what to do, what to say, and all of a sudden a scripture rises up in you, speak it out. Speak it out. Put it in. Speak it out. We need to do that. We may not feel that speaking God's word accomplishes much because we're thinking in physical terms. But in the spirit realm, when God's word is spoken, something happens. God knows the power of his word. God knows the power of the sword of the spirit. In Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 11, it says this. It's, it's the same with thy word, he says. I send it out, and it... Oh, you guys are getting good. You're getting used to me now. This is kind of scary. It always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. It always produces fruit. May not be in the physical realm, but in the spirit realm, it is producing fruit. Amen? It always does, God says. We may or may not see something happen immediately in this physical realm, but I guarantee that, that all kinds of activity is taking place in the spirit realm when God's word is spoken in response to the devil's attempts to pull us away from our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. Are you with me? Anybody with me? Okay, thanks. Thought I was in the wrong church there for a second. Thought I stepped into Presbyterian church. I'm joking. Now, don't all you Presbyterians rise up against me. Come on. God's word is a powerful weapon that goes out to bring God's will to a, rela to a reality in our lives. God's Word is a, is a powerful weapon that goes out to bring God's will to a reality in our lives. <clears throat> From God's mouth, through your mouth, stirred by the Holy Spirit. You see that progression? From God's mouth, through your mouth, stirred by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's the sword of the Spirit. He plays a major role in the effective word from God to be used. Now, God's word needs to be taken into our being, into our spirit. We memorize it. We meditate on God's promises, and it's like a soldier training for battle. When we're doing that, when we're taking in the word, it's like we're training for battle because when the battle comes, there's no time to train. We need to train ahead of time, right? I mean... The Packers don't practice at all, and they get out there on Sunday, and, and you can tell they haven't practiced at all. We, we don't want that. We, we want to practice so that when it comes time for the battle to take place, we are ready for it. So we need to get the Word of God in. We need to read the Word of God. We need to meditate on the Word of God. We need to, to hear the Word of God so we're not caught in the midst of battle having never pulled out the sword and practiced it. So you take in God's word, you memorize the word, you meditate on the word, and then when the spiritual battle comes, <clears throat> when our enemy, the devil, brings temptation or brings struggles or brings circumstances our way, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
They come up a lot in our lives. A word of God stirs deep down inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit. What he's doing is he's flipping through the files of God's word in your spirit being. He's flipping through those files, trying to find that word that is going to fit this particular situation. And, and then he sees it, and, and he brings it to mind up inside of you. And, and then you speak it at the unction of the Holy Spirit, and it comes out like a sword against the devil. You speak to the circumstance. You, you speak to the situation. You speak to the temptation. You speak to the addiction. You, you, you speak to the relationship. And like a sword... Word of God, two-mouthed, slashes through whatever attack the devil is mounting against you. God's Word says, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just. Forgive me my sins. And cleanse me from all the unrighteousness. So Satan, that sin has already been forgiven. Get out of here. It is written. It is written, I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new now. It is written, the Lord is my light, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Fear be gone. Satan, take your fear and get out of here. The Lord is my light. It is written. He's my salvation. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I am free. I'm not in bondage to you anymore, Satan. It is written, the sun has set me free. But you're not seeing your prayers answered. Yeah. But it's written that if I prayed, Believing whatever I ask for in prayer, if I believe that I have received it, it will be yours. It is written. Well, you don't seem to have much. Someone of faith. It is written, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Yeah, but you're not very strong. You're just one person. How are you going to stand against all the power of hell? It is written, I can do all things through Christ. It gives me strength. Yeah, but you need to be afraid. This world's pretty scary. Your life yeah, but it's written, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power and love and soundness of mind. It is written. That's what's written. Yeah, but you just seem in a rut. You're never going to get out of that rut. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to come. That church that you go to, it's a nothing church. It's going downhill. It's never going to survive this pastoral change. It is written, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Right? 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. Satan, get out of here. God has a plan for this church, and you don't have a part in it. Amen? Amen. Satan is trying to lead you into temptation, into disobedience and living your Christian life. Speak the word. Psalm 119.11 says this, your word I've hidden in my heart. Why? So that I might not sin against you. So I've, I've got your word there so that it can be stirred up by the Holy Spirit. And I can speak to my situation. I can speak to whatever temptation comes my way. Hide the word of God in your heart. Know the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. It will bring life to you. It'll bring hope into your life. It'll be, bring strength to you. It will bring joy to you. How many of you need joy in your life? Yeah. It'll bring joy to you when you get into the Word of God. When you get that into your spirit, the Holy Spirit can stir that up and bring that out. It'll bring worship to you. It'll bring peace to you. It'll bring power to you. It's a sword in the spiritual battle for your soul. And since this is a spiritual battle, we have to have spiritual weapons. We're in a spiritual battle, but we're not left without spiritual weapons. We have a powerful, deadly weapon. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And in the spirit realm, it is deadly. You want to win against the devil's strongholds in your life? You want to win when the devil argues with you about God and about his, his love for you? God doesn't care about you. He's not forgiven you or his grace or what's right or what's wrong. Get into God's word. It's a sword against Satan. Friends, God has spoken his word. He's, he's breathed it into the pages of this book. When we read it, when we meditate on it, we give the Holy Spirit something to work with so that when the devil comes breathing his lies, and he does, you can rise up with the truth, stirred by the Holy Spirit, and be able to speak life and freedom into your life. Do you have your sword with you? Anybody have their sword with them this morning? Let me see it. It's on your phone. Lift up your phone. If, if, if you've got the app on your phone, lift that up. Yeah. Hold it up there. Don't put it down. Hold it up there. Now say this with me. This is the Word of God. Well, that sounded real convincing. <clears throat> this is the Word of God. Yeah. When it's in me, it's the sword the Holy Spirit can use. I'm going to fill my life with this word so that I will no longer be a prisoner in the battle with the devil. This word brings me victory.
This word brings me victory. Come on, convince me. This word brings me victory. Thank you. It does. Put your sword down. I don't want somebody to get hurt. It's sharp. But don't put it away. Keep it nearby. Did you learn anything this morning? All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. It is alive and it's powerful. Two-mouthed. Help me, Father, to remember your word. Help me to get it into me. Help me to study your word. Help me to meditate on your word. Listen to your word. Help me to get it in me so that the Holy Spirit has something to work with when I'm tempted, when darkness presses in on my life, I want to stand. I want to win. I'm tired of losing. I want to win. Help me. In Jesus' name.